Be Wealthy and Smart, episode 489. into a world of wealth and financial freedom without budgets, boredom, or bosses on Be Wealthy and Smart. And now, here's your host, Linda P. Jones. Welcome to Be Wealthy and Smart. I'm Linda P. Jones, America's Wealth Mentor, empowering women and men worldwide to financial freedom. On today's show, we're going to answer a listener question. And I love this question because It really gets me thinking about all of the steps to wealth and how you can be doing all of them at the same time. This question came to me on Instagram from Denise Girado. I hope I didn't mess up your name, Denise. (laughs) And she said she wanted me to talk about how to be patient in the process, you know, while working on a wealthy mindset and doing the steps, but staying positive and patient throughout the process. So great question, and I love getting listener questions. If you want to direct message me on Instagram, that's probably the best way to do it. Otherwise, Twitter at Linda P. Jones is the best place to find me with your questions. But I love this question because it really allows me to incorporate all of the steps. So we're going to cover a lot of material And we're going to talk about how you're going to do all of these things at once, not in an overwhelming way, but in a way that's going to help you prioritize what's important to you and a way that is going to get your money working harder for you. So you don't have to work so hard because a lot of times we don't think about where our money's going or we don't really prioritize things. And that can be a huge problem. And while you're all familiar with the six steps to wealth and that whole process, and if you aren't, go back to some of my earlier Be Wealthy and Smart podcasts, and you'll learn all about the six steps to wealth and the whole process of going from zero to wealth. But what can you do while you're in process is really her question. And so that's what we're going to talk about. All right, so your first step is to live your life with joy. And what I mean by that is make sure you're experiencing life, experiencing happiness, doing some fun things, connecting in with what really makes you happy. Because a lot of people aren't really connected in to what makes them happy. We're caught up in the grind of going to work all the time. We're caught up in the grind of paying the bills, making money. And somehow being happy got separated out of that whole process for a lot of people. And so I want to make sure that you find some joy for yourself, whether that's during your work hours or after your work hours, hopefully some of both or a lot of both, you need to find joy in your life. And here's what I mean. We all are on this planet for a purpose. We all have a reason for being here, but a lot of times we put it out of our mind and forget what that is. But when you really connect in with what you're passionate about, what you really love learning about or teaching or following, it's really amazing. And time can go by so quickly because you're so enthralled in this whole process of learning more, hearing more, and really connected into your joy. And that's what I really want for you is to do what you love, to be learning about the things that you love, reading books, listening to podcasts, 
watching YouTube videos to learn more. Because personally, I think there's a lot more learning that can be done on YouTube than there can be on the television because there's very little nonfiction on the television that really can teach you something. And so you need to seek out places of learning. And I think YouTube is actually a really good one, which is why I started Wealth Heiress TV. You really want to connect in with doing what you like. And I think sometimes what happens, particularly from a money perspective, is a lot of times people are getting the message, oh, we shouldn't spend money for any reason. We should be frugal and live a meager life. And again, I'm not talking about sustainability. I'm talking about people putting money so important and so far above their head that they're not allowed to live. And I think that's a tragic mistake. I really think you're here to live, experience life, experience joy. And part of that is where you're spending your money and what you're doing and what experiences you're having. And so I think that you wanna connect in with your joy. Not everything has to cost a lot of money. In fact, most things don't cost a lot of money that we can really have a good time with, our families and friends and just hobbies and things that we love to do. So I don't think it's going to necessarily take a lot of money to connect in with your joy. But I think sometimes we're so disconnected from our joy that we use buying things or getting things as a way to fill that empty void. So without getting too psychological on you, I want to have you connect in with your joy and make sure that you're doing things that make you happy. And while you're doing those things, be a smart spender. You know, definitely buy things on sale, buy things in bulk, buy things uh, that are at a sample sale or use a promo code or whatever you can to save some money. Be a smart shopper. It's always smart to get a good deal. And the wealthy always get a good deal. They don't like paying full retail price. And again, it's not about living a meager life. It's about making your dollars stretch farther, making your money work harder for you. So those things all fall under my category of live life with joy. Another thing you can be doing while you're doing the six steps to wealth is to match your spending with your priorities. And I've talked a lot about spending priorities instead of budgeting because that's really my philosophy about spending money. And the reason I don't like budgeting is because I feel like people feel very restricted. They want to go off it as soon as they can. Sometimes they can get a bad relationship with money because they go crazy once they get off a budget. It's sometimes difficult. And I think that it's not for everybody. Sometimes it's necessary if you have your inflow and your outflow, your expenses and your income at about the same level, you probably need to be on a budget to account for every single penny. I think that's a smart thing to do. But once you have more discretionary income, you have more flexibility. And I don't think that you have to account for every single penny, although many people like to do that and are happy to do that, and that's fine if that's your thing. But for a lot of people, I find it's not your thing. And that's okay too, but you need to have a different system in place. And what I'm saying is that system is your priorities, your priorities for where you want to spend your money, because it's very easy to just fritter away money or just not be conscious of where you're spending it. 
But when you have spending priorities, you actually know that you want to spend it on your home or your family and your retirement, etc. There's things that have to be high on your list and those things have to get more of your money than other things. For example, your retirement has to be higher on your list than you might normally place it. And that's because you just have to start putting money away as soon as possible to start saving for retirement. That's the easiest way to get to a good, healthy retirement account and have a wonderful retirement in your later years is to start early. You have to put away much less money and it's much easier to reach your target goals the earlier that you start. But a lot of people feel it so far into the future that they put off starting and then many people end up starting late. So when you're starting late, as you know, you need to start putting more money away or compounding at a higher rate to make up for that. But my point is really about spending priorities that you're matching your priorities with your money. And matching your priorities means you're living the life that you really wanna live because you've identified what's important to you. If you want to go on a trip, it's important that you start saving for that so that you don't have to put that on a credit card and take on debt. It's important that you're matching your money with your future travel plans. So those are the kinds of things that you wanna be planning for, you want to be matching your priorities with your money and make sure you're not just sort of blowing it unconsciously on things that really don't matter to you. One of the examples I use often is the couple that lived in New York City. They both made an income of six figures, $100,000 plus per year, yet they lived in an apartment and wanted to buy a home but couldn't afford it because they couldn't get the money together for a down payment. And it wasn't until we identified that their spending was not matching their spending priorities. And they were eating out at expensive restaurants for most dinners and spending a couple hundred bucks at each dinner. And that was preventing them from being able to save that money toward their down payment. And the thing is, they really didn't value these dinners out. It was just they were tired after working and they didn't wanna cook or do dishes or go to the store. And so it was easy for them but they didn't realize that their spending and their priorities were out of balance and were out of whack. And that's where when you put them together and you can match them, that's where everything really magically can come together because now you're putting your money in something that really matters to you. And of course, very quickly, once they shifted their priorities to saving that money, they were able to eat out less frequently or eat at less expensive places and put aside a lot more money, save that down payment and buy their home. So you want to match your spending with your priorities and don't forget to put retirement high up on that list. I've talked about that on the podcast before and so if you wanna hear more about that, I would go back to listen to my spending priorities podcasts for more detail. The next thing you can do while you're doing all your six steps to wealth is avoid making some big mistakes. One of the big mistakes that people make is moving too frequently. They own a home and they sell that and they buy another home and they sell that and they buy another home. And what's happened? You've had to pay real estate commissions each time. You've had to pay points on your loan, loan fees. You've had to incur other costs, moving costs, 
Also, when you get to a new home, there's always cost to fix it up and remodel it and make it yours. You've got to buy new curtains, sometimes new carpet, new paint at a very minimum. A lot of times you're remodeling bathrooms or kitchens. There's a lot of money that can be poured into every home as soon as you buy it. And so these costs are easily extending into the $30,000 to $50,000 range every time you move. Now that's gonna vary depending on the price of the home that you buy and where you live, of course, but I'm just saying these can be very big expenses that you're not even conscious of that you're spending and blowing big amounts of money that could be going into your retirement plan, that could be going into your wealth building account, your investment accounts, those kinds of things. So you wanna be staying put. You wanna be buying a house and staying there forever. And this is something that can really save you money, can really keep costs down, and in the long run, you're going to be a lot smarter if you do that. Another big mistake you can avoid is buying new cars. Many people buy brand new cars, and what happens? They take a lot of depreciation in the three to five years right after they bought that car. In fact, right after you drive it off the dealer's lot, it goes down in value, so you've lost money. What you wanna do instead is buy cars a few years old with low miles and in great condition. That way someone else has already taken that big depreciation hit and you won't be losing as much money. And you also wanna keep that car in great condition, keep it well-maintained and keep it for a long time so that you don't have to be out there buying new cars and taking depreciation on cars going forward. So the less frequently you can buy new homes and the less frequently you can buy new cars, the better off you're going to be. Another thing with cars is that many people borrow to buy a car, which is also a big mistake because now you're not only taking depreciation on the price you paid for the car, but you're also paying interest on the loan that you're using to pay for the car. And the average payment that people are making is $500 a month. That is $6,000 a year that could go into funding your retirement which would be a much better priority and use for the money. So again, you can have a great car, but buy it a few years old with low miles and in great condition. And that way you're not losing substantial money by buying new cars. I wanna stop here for a moment and talk about your health because what good is wealth if you're not healthy? Good health is an important asset. That's why I wanna tell you about Care Of. Care Of delivers your vitamins right to your door in personalized, easy to remember daily packs, perfect for a busy on the go lifestyle. It's personalized for your needs because Care Of's online quiz asks you about your diet, health goals and lifestyle choices and takes only five minutes to find out what vitamins and supplements you specifically need. When I took the quiz, I was looking for more energy and it gave me suggestions that were cutting edge. You can track your progress with the Care Of app and earn rewards when you remember to take your vitamins. Care Of's delicious nutrient-packed quick stick powders can be added to your monthly delivery for an extra easy boost whenever you need it. Your monthly subscription can be modified at any time. There's a special discount for a limited time. For 25% off your first month of personalized Care Of vitamins, visit takecareof.com that's T-A-K-E-C-A-R-E-O-F dot com and enter wealth, W-E-A-L-T-H. That's take care of, 
www.wealthcreatorscoach.com, promo code WEALTH, and save 25% off your first month. Invest in yourself and your health. Now back to the show. The fourth thing you can do is automate your savings. One of the things I mentioned in my book, You're Already a Wealth Heiress, Now Think and Act Like One, Six Practical Steps to Make It a Reality Now, is that you wanna try to get to a 20% annual savings rate. Yes, 20%. That's because the average American only saves 2.8%. It's a very, very low savings rate. And, you know, foreign countries often have a lot higher savings rate than we do here in the U.S. And they're much better savers. And I want us to get to a better place for saving a lot more money. So I want you to shoot for a 20% savings annually of your income. Now, I realize not everyone is able to do that. Sometimes you don't have a lot of excess income over your expenses, but save what you can and focus on trying to get that nest egg saved because that being step two to the six steps to wealth is going to help you get in the right direction toward your wealth building. You also want to be saving in your 401k first if your employer matches it, especially because that's free money that you don't want to turn away. So if your employer matches your 401k, you wanna contribute at least that much and contribute as much as you can. If you don't have a 401k, then contribute to an IRA or a Roth IRA if you qualify. A health savings account is also a great place to save, and I just did a podcast about that. And then finally, you also want a dollar cost average. That's taking automatic deductions out of your savings account and into your investment account. That happening on the same day each month for the same amount, it will average into the stock market, to exchange-traded funds, ETFs, whatever you're invested in, it will go into your portfolio and automatically start compounding for you. So you definitely want to get your savings rate up, your investments going, and all of that can be done while you're in the process of the six steps to wealth. Step five, is to identify wealth building opportunities. And by that, I'm specifically talking about bubbles and cycles. This is another chapter I put into my book that people just loved. And it's really about finding where you can compound at higher rates. You see, the economy changes and the economy ebbs and flows, but also with interest rates being in about a 30 year cycle, interest rates go up, interest rates go down and different investments do better or worse depending on what interest rates are doing and depending on what inflation is doing. So you wanna be in the right investments for the right economic cycle. One mistake that people often make is that they think that the same investments that have been doing well are always going to do well or are going to be the place to be in the future. But that's really not true. We really have shifts of cycles and the best place to be investing often changes. I talked about this in my book on page 119 and I am talking about different bubbles and cycles And what I said is, instead of looking in the rearview mirror, here are some questions you need to be asking. Where are we now? What's coming up? What's the cycle that is going to perform the best? Where are interest rates going? These are the kinds of things you want to be looking at when making investment decisions and choosing your money engine. You want to be aware of why something performed the way that it did. So where can you invest now to take advantage of these trends? 
Again, you want to look at where the market is likely to go, not where it's been. We've had cycles like gold going up very well in the 1970s, oil in the 1980s, stocks in the 1990s, and real estate in the 2000s. Typically, the next investment cycle comes from something that has been out of favor for a long time and then starts to pick up again. The next cycle is usually something that is under the radar and not everyone is talking about or seeing. As it gets closer to its peak, then the masses begin to see and it becomes obvious. Everyone jumps in and then it becomes a peak. The bubble pops and then we start all over again. These cycles change and where to make money and where to grow money changes. And right now we're seeing that with the real estate market. We're seeing some softening in the real estate market and we're seeing some changes there. Real estate typically moves in about an 18 year cycle. So we are definitely at the tail end of that. Think about what helped make the real estate cycle so hot. So first of all, we had interest rates near zero and mortgage rates just a little bit above that. So very, very low mortgage rates. We had foreign money coming in from Russia and China. We had very big money coming in the luxury real estate market from the Russian community and they were plunking upwards of $100 million into homes. We had people uh, in Seattle, Portland, and all through California experiencing a pretty good sized boom from a lot of foreign money coming in from China. And that really has stopped. Both of those sources from Russia and China have really stopped because the dollar's been very strong, so their currency doesn't get as much as it used to, it doesn't buy as much. And also China is suffering a bear market in their stock market. It's down over 30% year to date. And so they're not feeling as rich as they used to. And maybe they're not wanting to make some new investments right now. Maybe they're holding on to their money a little bit more. So we're not seeing the foreign money come into the United States that we used to. We're seeing interest rates rise, which interest rates rising causes housing prices to decline at times because houses are now more expensive. It makes the payment go up when people are paying more interest on their mortgage and so they can afford to buy less. So it tends to put a downward pressure on real estate prices. We've already seen prices drop about 12% in California through June of this year and sales are down 17% year to date. So we've seen downward pressure on prices, even the Seattle market, which has been rip-roaring hot for a long time, my old hometown, we're starting to see weakness there as well. This doesn't mean that we're gonna have a real estate crash, but it does mean that homes are going to probably stay on the market longer, we're going to have more competition, more supply, the price is not going to be escalating as much as it used to, that's going to be harder to find deals on houses to flip. It's gonna affect a lot of investors as well as people who are buying real estate for their primary residences. So these things change. Prices getting higher is something that makes the market less attractive. So by definition, when prices go up too high, it can discourage people from buying. So these are things that are natural cycles that happen. And it means that we need to look for other places for wealth building opportunities. 
Where are the fast growers? What are the new technology trends? What are some exciting things that are happening, like maybe blockchain technology that you can look at that is a possible growth vehicle for the long term in the future? So these are the kinds of ways I want you to be thinking about bubbles and cycles and about where to put your money. The sixth step is to get obsessed with compounding. Now that might sound kind of funny, like who's gonna be obsessed with compounding? Well, you are because you're a wealth builder and wealth builders by definition get obsessed with compounding. I remember hearing about a billionaire who owned an insurance company and he said to all of his employees, every year I want my 10%. Why did he want his 10%? Because he knew the rule of 72 and that is that your money doubles every time your interest rate times the number of years invested equals 72. So 10% meant that every 7.2 years, his money would double. And he was well aware of that and he was obsessed with his compounding. So those are things that you wanna be aware of. You wanna be aware that at 8%, your money doubles in nine years. At 9%, your money doubles at eight years. And at the low savings account rate of 2%, your money will double in 36 years. That's right, two times 36 is 72. So if you're only earning 2% on your money, it's going to take you 36 years. A lot of times people say to me, well, Linda, where can I get a guaranteed return? I can't get a 10% guaranteed return. That's right, you can't get a 10% guaranteed return. And that's okay because the reason you're getting a higher return is because you're taking risk. That's what you're getting paid for. The no risk account is the 2% interest rate account that's guaranteed. The risk account where it can go up, it can go down, it can fluctuate, that is going to get you the higher return because of the additional risk. That's what people have to understand. You're taking additional risk to get a higher return. It doesn't mean you're gambling and it doesn't mean you're taking crazy risk. You're going into an investment that has a long-term track record of between eight to 10% per year. We're talking over a 70 year time horizon. So that's the kind of thing that, yeah, we don't know what it's going to do next year. It might have a couple of bad years like we saw between 2000 and 2002, but over the long haul, the stock market has been the place that has provided a good double digit return for a very long period of time. So it's the risk itself that is allowing you to make more money. So let's talk about other money engines and interest rates because sometimes people just don't see that there are opportunities to make a lot higher compounding rate. And I wrote about this in my book on page 117. It says, some people are surprised to hear that businesses are money engines. We tend to think of money engines as stocks, bonds, precious metals, real estate, etc. But over 70% of the wealthy got that way by creating a business. I believe that is because a business allows you to compound at incredible rates, which I'm about to show you. I have talked about how it is easier than ever to start a business online and create lifetime income streams. Now I am urging you to call on your wealth heiress and get started. Let's take a look at Inc. Magazine's list of 5,000 fastest growing companies. To make the list, the 5,000th company was growing at 40% per year. 
and the fastest company, get this, grew at 50,058%. Stop thinking about single-digit rates of return and open your mind to the fact that higher and much higher rates exist, just not in a no-risk investment like a bank, CD, or savings account. Here are a few success stories from the list. And I go on to talk about the people that were in Inc. Magazine that started businesses and got spectacular rates of return. And these were not even high-tech businesses. These were things like candle owners and t-shirt companies and things like that. So it doesn't have to be something difficult. It doesn't even have to be a new idea for you to be able to compound at some of these rates. And these are perfect examples of side hustles that you can be doing while you're doing your six steps to wealth. So Denise, I hope I answered your question and maybe I gave you a lot more than you were bargaining for. I hope that I didn't overwhelm you. But I do want you to know that there is a lot you can do while you're working on your six steps to wealth. And these can really speed up the process and shorten your path to wealth building. And while you're at it, check out my Instagram account for wealth tips twice a day at instagram.com forward slash Linda P. Jones. Of course, I would urge you to pick up my book, You're Already a Wealth Heiress. It's not just for women, it's for men too. As you can tell, it has solid wealth building principles in it that also apply to men, of course. But we are sold out on Amazon. It's on back order and get your name on the waiting list so that the next batch that comes in, you're assured to get a copy. So go on over to Amazon and put your name on the list. And don't forget to check out Wealth Heiress TV on YouTube. And our Be Wealthy and Smart podcasts are also over on YouTube on the Be Wealthy and Smart channel. So you can check it out over there as well. That's all for today. Until next time, live the good life and be wealthy and smart. Thank you for listening to Be Wealthy and Smart with Linda P. Jones. Share the wealth and tell your family and friends about the show. Check out our website, blog, and social media for more riches at www.bewealthyandsmart.com.